1: again, my beautiful... Is she okay? <laughs> anyway, hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 342, and tonight we're taking a look at the movie Porno from 2019. And since there's a lot more to this movie than what appears on the surface, I needed some guests who are going to be able to dig in deep to what's really lurking under there. So I am delighted to have back on the show the Reverend Ben Fitzgerald Fye, a.k.a. Pastor Fabulous, and filmmaker slash beer beautician oh so scruffy. But before we do any of that, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walshan. Ever since 2010, I've been your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very gay little eyes. <laughs> so, how are you? Happy almost Thanksgiving. I hope you're doing fabulously. Before we start the show, we have to talk about the movie before we talk about the movie. Despite the title of the movie, Porno. There is no pornography in porno, much like the evil film canister in the movie that promises porno and gives you something else. The movie porno does that as well. I got a lot of backlash on Twitter from people I don't know who are not listeners. You know, I was complaining about being called a groomer all the time. Well, that shit happened again. It started up again because I posted the teaser about this movie. I was getting bashed by all sorts of homophobes and crazy people, and I was a little thrown off. My cage got a little rattled. Then the night before we recorded, I got a message from Pastor Ben. And Pastor Ben says he was getting pushbacks from some of his friends and parishioners about doing the movie as well. But he said, I'm no stranger to controversy. I'm not one to shy away from it. Let's keep going. So great, here we are. There's a lot of controversy about the movie that doesn't need to be there because it's not there. What you think is in there is not there. The other reason I'm telling you this is because the way the recording went, I started and I was not sure how to proceed. I had a plan set to how to cover this. And then I said, oh, golly, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to approach this. Not so much not to offend anyone, but not to get my guests in trouble. So I'm pussyfooting around a little bit at the very beginning. Pastor Ben is pussyfooting around a little bit at the very beginning. And oh, so Scruffy's just being oh, so He's just like cool and mellow the whole time. So it's a little laid back at the beginning. And we don't go in my usual format because, I, like I said, I did not know how to proceed. And I'm not apologizing for that. Because what wound up happening is that, much like the storytelling in the movie, the episode goes backwards. We kind of dive into the meat behind the movie before we talk about the movie, but that's okay. We're mimicking the movie. Everything's cool. The other thing I wanted to say is that, yes, this is episode 342. Remember, numbers are not my friend. Last episode was indeed 341, although I labeled it 340. I'm getting confused because now I'm I'm starting to divide years of the show up into seasons. This is actually episode 5, season 13. Which is then I have to convert to another number. And you know, it, it was bad. I screwed up. You did not miss an episode is what I'm trying to say. And lastly, I have a brand new audio interface. Thank you, patrons, for helping me get this. It's a Vocaster 1. It's gorgeous. And it makes beautiful sounds. It's really easy to use. And it's, it's going to make a lot of things that are currently complicated a lot easier. However, it was brand new when we recorded this episode. And I hadn't quite figured out the settings yet. So my mic is really hot. I tried to fix it. But I'm louder than everybody else. What else is new? But anyway, so I apologize for that, but push through. You'll be thankful that you did. And lastly, if you have not seen the movie Porno from 2019, it is not currently streaming for free anywhere. It was on Shutter when I decided to do it, but they took it off because that's just the way things go. But you can rent it at all the usual spots, Apple and Amazon have it for $1.99. Check it out there because it will behoove you to see the movie before you listen to this episode because we're diving right into what's lurking underneath. I've been babbling a really long time, so all right, kids, are you ready for this? Let's play the trailer to porno, bring on Pastor Bad and Oso scruffy, and start the show.
2: You guys hear that? The science of porn is well known. The human brain, when aroused by... Erotic images dumps chemicals into the bloodstream which send the viewer into full throttle, give me more mode. That's right, and we may think that we're just being curious, but that will turn into an obsession.
1: my beautiful beautiful screamers the movie that we're watching today is a little ditty from 2019 called porno and with a title like that you're expecting something that's going to be a whole lot of exploitation and you'd be disappointed because what you get instead is a morality play a movie that asks a lot of tough questions about faith and religion and it's also a movie that doesn't give you answers to those questions either it gives you the room to figure them out for yourself a movie that's unexpected and so it seemed fitting that the guests I picked for this episode also be unexpected. One is a man of the cloth, and the other is a filmmaker whose first film was all about the horrors of religious extremism. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs wherever you may be, please welcome back to the Scream Queen studio, Ben Fitzgerald Fi, a.k.a. Pastor Fabulous, and oh Scruffy! <laughs>
3: Patrick.
1: Hello, boys. I'm so happy that we're all gathered here this evening to talk about this movie. What have you done, Patrick? <laughs> what, what have, well, you know what? I opened up Pandora's box and you, it was not what I expected and in a good way.
3: I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, you don't go wrong with a title like that. but Or do you? Or do you? Because I think the, t- the title is bait. I totally agree. It's bait.
1: It sets up expectations. Then, then it. it well, for instance, there's been some... I, I've heard some people very angry that this movie is being covered. And they say, how could you do that piece of filth? I said, have you seen it? And they said, no. I said, well, what's the problem? They said, the title. And I said, okay, uh-huh. I think this is saying more about you than it's saying about the movie. Because I was speaking with Ben earlier today about the movie Porno from 2019, the film that we were discussing. And Ben... What did you say? Basically, um, I think that the the sleaziness of this is a little overhyped. Agreed. It's a tame little film, and I think the sleaziness also comes from people who haven't seen it, or I don't know. It's, it's it's not a bad thing that the sleaziness isn't there. It's actually kind of cool that it's not. Last time I made Oso do it first, so Ben, I need you to give me a nice tight thirty second plot summary of the film Porno from two thousand nineteen. The clock starts now. Oh, I was terrified you were going to do this. Um, okay, so.
4: Uh, A bunch of repressed teenagers uh, under the management of an equally repressed adult uh, are working in what is, I guess, a pseudo-Christian movie theater. Um, They come across a secret room uh, or secret theater, uh, and in this secret theater space, they find a movie. The movie, I guess, according to the title, is supposed to be a sleazy movie. Uh, It's actually a terrifying uh, visual bizarreness. Um, and as a result of the movie uh, and their repressed, oh,
1: uh, the time is it. up. Oh. You missed it, and I let you go over. <laughs> oh, so do you have anything? Would you
3: like to give it a try? Thirty seconds. The clock starts now. I don't know that I can do any better than that. I mean, repressed, pseudo fake repressed art film porno demon dead. Mm, there you go. Boobs. The end. Ah, ah, wait, wait, but dick as well. Hypno dick, but we'll get
1: into. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say a group of evangelical Christian teens get more than they bargain for when they screen a film that they think is going to be porno, which instead unleashes a killer sex demon from hell. Yes, wackiness ensues. Did you read that
3: off of something?
1: No, I did not. Actually, the the the. the, the the IMDb, uh summary that I just read was like, it's about these kids and it's some girl with a boy's name for some reason. I'm like, did you watch the movie? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. This film was a big hit at Sundance movie, uh, uh, the South by Southwest. It, uh, independent film. It got picked up by, by Fangoria and a bunch of other studios and got lots and lots of buzz. And I think a lot of it was just because of the title. It sounds a lot more repressive than it is. And it's actually a clever little morality play that's hiding in here. that it, That attacks a lot of the systems and a lot of the beliefs that people have and just makes you question things. And I like that. I like that. My fear when I started watching this the first time, because I got to see a preview screening of it with uh, Fangoria. You've got these four evangelical teenagers who are babes in the woods. They are very, very innocent of the world. And they're so devout in their faith that I was waiting for the movie to turn on them and start to make fun of them or punish them for it. And they don't. It's the institutions around them that take all the hits, not the faith.
3: I was actually really excited uh, when I saw the trailer for this one. And for some reason, it took me a really long time to get around to watching it. Um, But I did. So this was my second viewing. I I enjoyed it. There were I had some issues.
1: Um, The director, who is hold on, please. Uh, His name is uh, Kiyola Rosela. He um, is a Korean filmmaker who is now working in the States. Uh, This is his first feature film. It's also the two screenwriters for a feature film and there are problems that makes it feel like a first feature film. I also feel like there's stuff missing.
3: As someone who has made their first feature film, I can absolutely see some first film issues here. One of the writers also was a producer on Oma, which I really loved. I'm covering that in February. Yes. I really enjoyed that film and I'm getting like really into Korean horror. Yeah.
4: I actually kind of felt like they maybe could have fleshed it out a little bit more in some areas. I mean, like, uh thematically speaking right because there were times when i wasn't quite sure what they were trying to say i have some issues with it too some of the which are theological but um you know the i feel like they could have they could have used another half hour to sort of explain some things a little better and maybe express some things a little
1: better there's a morality lesson to be learned in here but they never really tell you what it is right They let you figure it out for yourself which I appreciate. I don't like being spoon fed things, but I also noticed this is something that came through multiple viewings now. Cause I'm not seeing it three times in three days. They do a lot of the storytelling backwards. Mm. And it seems to be a conscious choice that all these kids, all the characters really have some deep secret. And you're finding out about it in dribs and drabs and some things I'm going, like initially there were a couple of scenes that I just thought were unnecessary or filler. Or I would say, why is this here? Why are we talking about this? Or why are we talking about this again? But I realized after the movie was over and all the secrets were revealed, I said, oh, that all needed to be there because that on multiple viewings, all of a sudden those scenes have more weight because you know what the person is hiding, but you don't know that the first time through. And what was frustrating at first was more rewarding the second time through. It's a risky move, and it kind of almost didn't pay off. For instance, it paid off for me, but not for you guys. Let's talk about the four kids. We have the redhead Todd. One of his defining things we don't really find out till almost the movie's over. What am I talking about? His hand. His poor,
3: poor hand.
1: Yeah, there's something wrong with his hand. He's got a hand that doesn't quite work right. And it seems like we should have known that sooner.
3: It was mentioned a couple of times, which bugs me, but you don't actually see anything different you don't notice anything different until you're almost three quarters the way through the movie yeah until the until
4: he meets the demon i didn't even recognize that he had an issue
1: yeah no i I actually when i when he meets the demon when you first saw it, i thought that happened then right yeah i thought the hand was a reaction to the demon but no but again as i watched it a few times now all of their secrets go like that you get little dribs and drabs of what's happened, what's going on with all of them with before the big reveal. And I think that was deliberate. That was the one that just kind of clunked out. Anyway, mm. so tell me about these four kids. Tell me tell me about Chastity.
3: She's a cute little almost goth girl. She's uh, wearing eyeliner and doesn't care. She's not asking to wear eyeliner. She's kissing boys and not asking because she's a bad girl, but she's still religious. I Some of the characters are just a little flat for me because they are very archetypal kind of cliche characters to me uh and she was one of them i wanted her to be a little deeper than she was and she's in love with ricky
1: she is in love with ricky She's in love with ricky which so goes against the goth type that she's trying to push right, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which i enjoy because ricky's the baseball player he's cute and he's blonde he's the all-american type and she loves him anyway um i actually felt that way too initially but then again as i've watched a few times going she's the strong one of the group like she's the one that's managing. She is the man, the assistant manager. She's the one that gets the keys to the kingdom at one point.
4: Yeah, and, and in a way, she's kind of like she kind of fills that final girl role, right? I mean, because it, it's it's her, right? It's her strength that leads them.
1: Not so, alone, though. Right? No, alone, exactly. Though. Yeah.
3: I don't think that that strength actually shows up until the end of the movie, though. Oh, agreed. Yeah. She's very she's very wishy washy throughout the entire film, though. She has the keys to the theater it doesn't really seem like she wants it Mm. Um, she has Mm. zero confidence at all and it just like you don't really get any sense of being in charge or being that kind of final girl until the very end of the movie what I did think was fun was that the first half hour like all
1: the jump scares were chastity based
5: hey what's that guy doing
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was her popping up on the boys' Surprise, surprise. and They were talking about something dirty. And she pop up. Like, <laughs> well, and I mean, as a former
4: goth kid, I, I think her gothness was was a little shallow um, <laughs> um, because, yes, of course, as a goth kid, we were pining after people all the time. We just certainly didn't tell anyone about it. Uh, we wrote terrible poetry about it.
3: I, I think that for me, that may be the thing that reads the most accurate is mm-hmm. that fake pseudo-Christian goth. It's not really goth. It's it's the Christian interpretation of, uh, like the evangelical interpretation or the, I'm going to walk just up to that line goth.
1: Yeah, and it's eyeliner. Uh, yeah, and also with what she can get in that very Christian town that she's in too. Because it seems to be, from what we can see, it is this, this is the neighborhood. It's everybody. Mr. Pike, who runs the movie theater. Like when you're when you're starting your work day with a prayer circle, ooh. And now we
5: pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for another opportunity to serve you. Please order our steps, O Lord, be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. For the devil dwells just below our feet some of us start our work day with prayer. <laughs>
1: well, of course, pa-
5: Pastor Fabulous, that makes sense for you.
4: I don't I don't gather around a group of, you know, traumatized teenagers to do it, though. So.
1: Yes, and then in this prayer circle, also like... Shaming them, yeah. What's the word? What's? The, I'm trying to think of, what, yes, shaming them, but I'm trying to think of... The, oh, passive-aggressively humiliating them publicly each, in this prayer.
5: We ask that you watch over Todd, Lord... Let him not fall into temptation, for if one of us falls, others are sure to follow. And Lord, we we ask that you watch over Ricky as he rejoins our flock and seeks a new purity in your forgiving light. And finally, Lord, we, we ask that you guide Chastity as she takes on the mantle of assistant manager. Ease her journey, Lord, and let her know that no amount of makeup can conceal her love of Christ. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Gonna, I'm going to pick out your fault and make sure everybody knows what it is. I love chastity, too. All the eyeshadow in the world can hide how much she loves God.
4: <laughs> Although like, I am, I am considering up, adopting man. that as a model
1: for Rougher Sundays. <laughs> um, okay. Let me backtrack a bit. I was impressed, though, that this movie hits the ground running. Or should I say hits the sheets running. right? yeah. The first 30 seconds are the most shocking thing in the movie. What's happening? What's happening?
3: Uh, you get a very voyeuristic view of a couple having sex, which to me was very 1978 Halloween, Michael Myers kind of looking through the window at the people inside. And then it pulls back and you see the two boys gobsmacked. Abe and Dodd
1: watching the neighbor's bone. It is. They, they're just kind of transcending boning. They're like on railing. They are railing each other. They are going down. OK, I like that this shows that, you know, you can be a good Christian loving couple and you could still get filthy in the bedroom. And that's OK. That is OK. Yeah, that's OK. Yeah, absolutely. It don't have to be man on top. Get it over. Do we, do we ever find out who this
4: couple is? Cause no. they show up. I mean, just the neighbors. again, but it's
1: yeah, but it's the demon couple
4: but when they come back. Right. They establish <laughs> This kind of weird storyline, right? Where the, the kid is a perv who peeks in windows and
1: you
3: know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what I, I want to talk about Todd. What I think is interesting about Todd, like if you, w- with his journey, like he is actually, he, what we learn is that he has been in trouble with the law. We learn in this prayer that he has been in trouble with the law for peeking on the neighbors having sex, or it was actually a girl, a woman in the bathroom. We learn later, woman in the bathroom, and it was he got in trouble with the cops. It was in the newspaper. He was like publicly shamed. He's he was gone for a while, and it was come back, and we hope everything's going to be okay. And the way they treat him throughout the movie, particularly like the the elders, like there's there's the the other adult in charge, Heavy Metal Jeff. Heavy Metal Jeff. It's not heavy metal. It's hardcore. Heavy metal Jeff, we'll get into him. He is he says things like somebody says, Oh I gotta find Todd. He's like, forget about him. He's just he's a he's a known perv. He's lost. Where's Todd? I mean he should be back by now. Probably
0: waking and thinking about that titty movie. He never do that. Todd's a spaz, but he's not a perv. The cops found him in a tree with a pair of binoculars. You There's don't about some
2: lady, it was in the paper, bro! Facts are facts. Dude!
1: Shut up. He thinks he's this inspirational role model. And meanwhile, you got the, the other perv who's actually doing the Good Shepherd thing. Like, no, I have to find my flock. Right. right. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I think that all of us grew up. I was a little younger during the satanic panic, but I'm really familiar with that kind of religious, quote unquote, leader. That's one of the reasons I wanted to watch the film, but it's also one of the reasons I was really I. This is a little triggering because I lived through all that, correct?
1: Yeah, 17 years of Catholic school. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've got family members who are like this, that are they, they have weaponized religion. And it's a control mechanism rather than something that's you know, bringing us together. We like to split people apart with it or like put tears of divinity. Or you know, I'm, so, I'm so much godlier than you are, sort of a thing. Pastor Ben, you said something a long time ago uh, in one of our conversations. Something I wish I could remember how you phrased it. Something like many people don't just leave the church. They're driven from it or something like that yeah
4: well especially like in the case of ricky for example right i've always said that lgbt people don't lose their faith it's stolen from them by an abusive church right a church that rejects them in the way that it does and of course he becomes emblematic of that but uh you know the this tyrannical faith right uh which i always get irritated when i have to watch these kinds of christians on the screen because Mm. i don't know this is not the church i belong to uh and i'm not going to apologize for them Uh, Because I don't belong to it. But we see in this film how fragile that tyranny is, right? Uh, And how ripe it is for the fall, which is, you know, ultimately, you know, the real evil in the movie has nothing to do with naked people or sex, right? It's this kind of hypocrisy uh, and, and this kind of just perverted hypocrisy that is rampant in conservative religious sort of institutions. The kids are actually victims of that uh, more than they are any sort of sexual perversion that they keep mentioning.
1: One of the things I took away from it this last time through, I kept writing down these kids are so innocent, they can't fight this. I'm like, they're not innocent, they're ignorant, and it's not their fault. They don't have any weapons against anything that's coming at them. They're not prepared, especially it's a sex demon. They're all teenagers. One of my favorite lines from Buffy the Vampire Slayer was Cordelia asked, Sandra, they were in some military thing. And he was looking, he's like, Well, and she's like, Why would guys bring girls here? And he's like, Well, I don't know. It's- looking at guns might make them want to have sex. And she says, does looking at guns make you want to have sex? And he said, I'm a 17-year-old boy. Looking at linoleum makes me want to have sex. So these kids, are they have no defense mechanisms at all. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, there's a point. I know we're jumping all over the place, but I hope you've seen the movie. (laughs) This is the way it's going to be. We promised porno and we're having a theological discussion. There is a point that uh, when Ricky has his first confrontation with the succubus, Lilith, as she's called, which I think is fabulous. He says, oh my, the robe comes off. And then he says, God, in a completely different tone. Oh my. God. And when she approaches him, she doesn't approach him sexually. She takes that finger and she's sucking it and she's healing it. That's how she gets him. And when they find him afterwards, they go, oh, looks like you peed. you came in. Okay, man? What, what, what happened? I, I saw her. You saw who? Well,
0: who'd you see, Todd? Her.
2: Dude, he peed his pants. <laughs> hey, Babe, I don't think it's pee, man. It's not. What are you talking about? The, the woman, the woman from the film,
1: she was here. I saw her. Her hooters, man.
2: And everything else. Yeah, right.
1: He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what just happened to him, this poor kid.
4: Yeah.
3: They, That's how the, innocent they are. They don't know. Yeah, the boys seem a little bit dumbstruck when they are presented with naked women.
1: It's also nineteen ninety-two. I should point out. So, like, the internet is not the the sex carnival that it is now. <laughs> I mean, it was there, but it would take fourteen days to download like a single still image. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Ben nodded really quickly. I just. <laughs>
4: Well, I was in college when the internet was, you know, a thing. And, you know, I remember all those weird stories about people trying to find nasty things.
1: So, yeah, these kids are really, really uh, 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 helpless. Coincidentally, just last night, uh, I went to see a show off Broadway uh, called The Unbelievers, which is based on a book, uh, interviews with clergy people who actually have lost their faith but are still preaching and they had all had these five traits in common in the things that they said t- they talked about it was uh, the things that made them lose their faith was hypocrisy deliberate obfuscation Homophobia. Everything was in this movie. Oh, oh isolation, isolation. That you know, they they cut themselves off from the world and say, "Oh, everything's dirty." Where we have to save ourselves from this filthy, filthy world instead of being a part of it. It's all there. These kids are completely cut off. You mentioned Ricky. Tell me about Ricky. Well,
4: what I what I like that they did with Ricky, right, is that as as the movie begins, you get little hints about what's happened to Ricky.
5: How do you think Ricky's doing?
4: Great. He's. Uh,
2: I mean. Um, it's really good to have him back.
5: It is, isn't it? Yeah. He's making awesome strides, critical strides. I think it's important we support him. A little bit of patience goes a long way, don't you think?
4: And it's, it's only if you have that evangelical trigger in your brain that you associate camp right, right, with this idea that he's returned to the flock. Um, and, you know, and so clearly we find out, of course, that he's been subjected to some kind of conversion camp. But that comes much later, right? You're, you're sort of left guessing what's happened to Ricky. And, you know, it's still kind of a shock when you finally find out what it is. But, and so, he, you know, he has this made up girlfriend, Jasmine, that he's telling everybody about. Jasmine. <laughs> um,
1: which Jasmine doesn't like baseball know, based, movies. <laughs> based on,
4: based on who, who we find out Ricky is, I'm assuming is the Disney character.
2: I'm not watching A League of Their Own again.
5: You already saw it? Did you sneak in? Ricky? No.
2: I went yesterday with my mom.
5: You didn't go with Jasmine?
2: No. She hates baseball.
5: Mm, Some girlfriend.
2: Can't wait to meet her. Hey. (laughs) Jasmine's
5: awesome.
4: She's really on fire for God. He has this bizarre relationship with chastity, clearly sort of pining after him, and
1: she's kind of his judas uh in a way she's the one that faked him out she's the one who got him sent to camp i'm so sorry ricky i
2: always wondered how mr pike knew i mean i thought i was hiding it well a lot of guys wear earrings these days i didn't know you were gonna give up baseball he told my parents Jazz.
4: i I was trying to help you can you pray for me to be fixed and so they're sort of negotiating that while they're trying to fight this other thing. And, um, but yeah, I think for me, I think Ricky was probably one of the better performers uh, in sort of keeping this secret, but telling the secret at the same time. So I thought he
3: was very compelling. Just a note, I think that some, there, there are a number of us that have strange relationships with chastity. Um, <laughs> but also uh, I think that for me anyway, from the beginning I Ricky Red is queer to me I mean from the very beginning um, me too but we know how to read the signs too That's, but that's it that's what it is is, is going through that at that age you know exactly what the, the walls that he is putting up and the intentional misdirection of his language like it's very clear because you've done it
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have
3: that
4: I can spot a lesbian from 50 paces but I have no gay art <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all have our talents <laughs> and don't hide it under a bushel Dr. Brad spot those lesbians that's your gift <laughs> yeah um, I agree Ricky's journey was very interesting because they said there was there was a couple of levels to it like it's, it's not just that he went to this camp and something horrible happened to him there and he can't talk about it like he says at one point I'm not supposed to talk about it. It happened there. but that he knows that his best friend is the one who faked him out for selfish reasons mm-hmm. she, she wants him for himself right. This this camp is going to fix him, Jasmine. And when he comes back, then you guys will be a couple making promises you can't keep Mr. Pike. And what I thought was cool, it didn't hit me until this last time. I think Multiple viewings really works this movie. Is that in the end, in this final battle, when they're trying to summon the demon beforehand, like they have a final prayer before they go to battle. And Ricky takes over, and I'm playing the audio for it. And the prayer that he puts out is so passionate and so specific.
2: Forgive us for the abomination that we have brought into our lives. Please cleanse our souls and let us be released from what our iniquity has wrought. Let this foul malevolent force be cast back into the darkness from where
1: it came. And they don't point it out. I said, Oh my God, he learned that at camp. Mm. Keeping this foul demon at bay and hiding it away forever. And I'm like, Oh God, that's what they taught you at camp. You bastards. But Hey, it came back and helped him save the day. Good for you, Ricky.
4: And of course, Abe has the only biblical name of all of these teenagers for a bunch of
1: Christian teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. And they barely say, I, I, there was, I was we we're a good hour into the movie. and go, what is this kid's name? I got everyone else's name. They say Todd a million times, but it took me a while to get his name. But yeah, yeah. Um, he is the only one with a biblical name. There, there was no St. Ricky. St. Ricky, St. Ricky of Babalu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. This is Patrick for the future. Ding dong. I just wanted to chime in here because I realized we didn't talk about Abe when we talked about all of the teenagers. And I keep lumping in heavy metal Mike with the teenagers. If we haven't talked to him, we'll get to him. Anyway, not the point right now. Abe is the kind of kid who is all about finding loopholes in the rules, trying to stretch the rules to their limits and get away with it. He's always kind of looking for a way around the church to see dirty things, to see naked people, to get, you know, sneak a peek at boobs, that sort of a thing. But he's kind of hard to define because he's mostly defined by being Todd's best friend. But when it comes to the two of them, he's the leader. He thinks he's the strong one, that he's the brave one, that he's the, the, the craftier of the two. But when Todd disappears out of the movie, we just, he's completely lost without Todd because basically-
4: You lose sound like an old married
1: couple. Shut
0: up, heavy metal Jeff.
1: I mean, I guess chastity is a virtue, so that's kind of a pseudo. It's a right? virtue, sure, but she doesn't go by that. She goes by Chaz. Yeah, Abe is interesting too. I thought that was a nice reveal about Abe that it, he's actually Todd's the one who got in trouble for for perving on the neighbors, but it was actually Abe who did it, and Todd took all the blame for it. We have to find Todd before that thing does. I know he's your friend, man,
0: but there's no saving him now.
1: You saw what happened to Mr. Per- Mr.
0: Pike. it's a pervert's face. No, he's not a pervert! It wasn't his idea to peep on that lady in her bathroom. It was mine. Todd didn't want to, but he did it because I asked him. He climbed that tree with me and then... the lady caught us and Todd just... couldn't get down the tree fast enough, you know? Because... his hand. And I ran away. He didn't even want to be there. And I ran. I left him and he got caught and never said a word.
5: Why are you saying all this?
0: He's not the pervert,
1: Chaz. I am.
3: It was because of Todd's hand. His hand slowed him down.
1: Yeah, his friend took off and left him in the tree that they were spying on. And he got caught because he couldn't get down fast enough because of that darn hand. That cursed hand. His right hand.
3: Yeah, but the thing is, they never explained the hand before that. That was the first time I remembered them really mentioning his hand
1: yeah that is the first time they mention the hand they just have that hint a couple of times you see him a couple of times that it, it just looks like he's doing this so it doesn't register that there's something wrong with it but i think that's that whole backwards thing that the, on multiple viewings yeah. you go, oh this actually is a through line and it's there you just don't spot it right like per- perhaps somebody who is more um differently abled would spot the things of the way we're spotting the queer stuff yeah yeah
4: yeah. And Abe shows like Abe has like, he seems to have like he expresses genuine remorse. Right. And so I think, you know, as part of the journey, you know, once these truths start coming out, um, I actually I, I kind of felt, you know, like he, he becomes a kind of excruciating character because he knows, you know, what an awful thing he's done. And so you kind of see him expressing that regret more than once. Right. Because he's clearly tormented by the fact that he's done this. Uh, and especially when his friend's life is in danger.
1: And also, in this points in the film when he's expressing it, he's expressing it to everybody except the person he did right, it to. yeah. He's not telling Todd, and that, that's that's part of his final battle. So, uh, bear soul. Okay, everyone's like, this movie sounds really boring. It's not. It is a lot <laughs> of fun. It is a comedy. The thing is, at a certain point, my first time through it, I was waiting for the bloodbath to start, which never really comes, but you have some great moments of gore. But at a certain point, I said, I don't want anything to happen to these young people. I like these young people. Right. They're actually very charming. I, they're they, because they are babes in the woods. They don't. They didn't. They don't know what they did. They did nothing with any malice. And now they've unleashed this thing and with no weapons to fight them. I don't want to see these kids get killed. And they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody learns a lesson and gets to fight another day. And I, that made me very happy.
4: Yeah, to your earlier point, I mean the people who ultimately get killed or m- mutilated in some way, right, are the sort of puppet masters of this. This oppressive world that these kids are living in. So they pay the price for their oppression.
1: The most shocking thing in the movie for me, and I really wish they'd put up a warning about it, because I could not handle it. We got to see a, a Georgia Peach get punched in the face. That was not okay. Oh my that God. mannequin went down. I get ga- I did the gay gas when, 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 when the mannequin of the Georgia Peach got punched. <laughs> I can't help it. It just happens. Uh, yeah. The two movies that they're showing, they look to this theater that they're in. Since it's a Christian run theater, they can only show PG 13 movies. They don't show R-rated movies. So they have choices of Encino man and a league of their own. And I, I enjoyed that. It just told us when we were, but there's some fun stuff with that. What's the big deal. What's the big deal about this night? The movie theater's closed. Why aren't they going home? Because it's Friday night movie club. It's Friday movie club And they have the big decision They have to pick what movie they're going to watch And ha- tell Heavy Metal Jeff their projectionist And he has to do what they say There's much, much argument Much, much discussion Which ones they're going to watch Dude,
2: we gotta watch Encino Man tonight I hear that Polly Shore guy's a real cut up Hey, buddy I, mean, I don't know Dude,
0: come on Ricky and Chaz are gonna vote for girl baseball You gotta back me up on this Dude, one Madonna's in a league of their own did you hear about that book called Sex? Can you imagine? I wonder if she's like
2: doing it inside. Or if it's mostly just
0: boobs. Exactly! That's why we have to watch League. Locker room scenes. But, Abe, it's PG. You have boobs and jaws. That's PG. Yeah, but no.
1: I think it was great that the Christian movie theater showed a movie that had Madonna in it at all. Right, yeah,
4: which was unusual.
1: It was unusual, but still it's a PG-13 movie, what are you going to do? But I they're talking about her book sex. Right, yeah. And that was when I was like, wow, they are babes in the woods. They have right, no <laughs> they're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. But there are boobs and, and nipples, nipples.
3: <laughs> I was 15 or 16 when that book came out. I was working at B Dalton Bookseller in the mall in the town where I grew up.
1: B Dalton, flashback. Please continue. Yes,
3: I I remember that book coming out, and it was sealed on every possible way. There was no way you were going to see anything in that book, but uh, someone had returned one, and I remember taking that to the back of the into the back of the bookstore when no one else was around, and like flipping through it, scared that someone's going to walk in. I have a fond memory. Fond memories of that book. You're the reason B. Dalton went out of business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember that there was alarms on the books. It's the first time I saw alarms on like individual items before, yeah, yeah, big deal. Ben, Ben, tell me about Heavy Metal Jeff. Yeah, Heavy Metal Jeff
4: is the most annoying kind of sort of convert, right, that you can possibly run into. So I can't believe that degenerate broke my projector.
0: Lay off him, man, Abe.
4: You
2: seem like a good kid. But
0: Todd is a verified pervert. Shouldn't be hanging out with him. Hey, who died and made you role model? Didn't you drop out of college and move back in with your mom? You think you know everything, don't you? Well, listen up. Because maybe you'll learn a thing or two.
2: That college was sucking away my money and pumping me full of secular propaganda. But with all the dough I'm saving living at home, I'm going to buy a brand new drum kit. And I'm gonna get my band back together and we are gonna thrash harder than ever.
0: Yeah, I'm sure God loves your crappy heavy metal. It's not heavy metal. Besides, what are you doing with your life that makes you so special anyway?
2: Exactly.
4: Uh, I remember my grandmother used to say there's nothing more annoying than an ex smoker. So, heavy metal Jeff is kind of that ex smoker because clearly his big sin in the world is that he apparently smokes cigarettes or something. Um, And so he runs around, he has the, the, the straight edge X on his hand, uh, you know, the tattoo that means that you're hardcore, not fun. And uh, he, you know, he's, he's really kind of the, this bully, right. This kind of abusive, I'm holier than thou. And so I get to pronounce judgment upon all of you. Right. Um, relentlessly. Yeah. Endlessly. Right. Um, in that sort of zealous way that just makes your head explode. Right. He ends up being one that gets, you know, the brunt of the, the, the demons wrath. Right. I mean, I guess his story does say, you know, apparently smoking is bad for you. Um, in his case. Right.
1: Right. Well, well, addiction is addiction is addiction, and well, it, any of those, th- any of those things, it releases those sex chemicals. Right, yes, the sex chemicals. And the chemicals. brain. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Clearly, you saw one of these titty posters and thought it was
2: a real woman. All these porn chemicals running around in your brain, giving you hallucinations and whatnot, is totally typical of satanic takeover of the mind. Not porn
1: chemicals. I saw her. <laughs> he gives the science of porn at one point, which is correct, but you left out part of it. This is pornography, Chaz.
2: This is a sin. It's not pornography. It's art.
0: Oh, I feel weird. Yeah,
2: me too. You bet you do. You see, the science of porn is well known. The human brain, when aroused by erotic images, dumps chemicals into the bloodstream, which send the viewer into full throttle, give me more mode. No, that's that's right. And and we may think that we're just being curious, but that will turn into an obsession.
0: We let ourselves fall into temptation. Who knows what it'll lead to?
1: Some of us know what it will lead to.
2: Right, Todd?
1: Yeah, anything good, anything that causes pleasure releases those chemicals. So what? You're never supposed to have pleasure ever? (laughs) It's it's a satanic takeover
4: of the mind uh, when these chemicals are released, right?
3: Yes, With the, the in, exception in. of the religious fervor, uh, I, I remember when I was doing Rocky Horror Picture Show many years ago for a long time, I remember a lot of projectionists very much like that. Ooh. You did not go near their projector. You did not touch their projector. They were the only ones that were, you know, it, it was very uh, purist about the way they handled things.
1: That I can understand that I can understand. Because I mean I, in my mind the, the projector to a projectionist would be like a, a cello to a cellist. You don't touch it. No, 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 This is mine. My baby. I get I and whatever happened, they're gonna be responsible for it. So yeah, I, I'm sure everybody wants to play with the projector. What I think is fun too is that he's called heavy metal Jeff, but he doesn't like it. Right. Yeah. Don't call me that. It's not heavy metal, it's hardcore.
4: Right. He doesn't wanna he doesn't want heavy metal music as his thing.
1: It's hardcore, which Okay, you, it it's which is a kind of heavy metal music. Well, don't tell Jeff. I know that. I know <laughs> that. Everyone else knows it too. <laughs> That's why they call heavy me metal Jeff. But uh I, I, there's this, something I always used to bother me with. um You know, wordplay, and not just in the church, but in any kind of um institution or things like that. I, bad words and good words, like it's the you're saying, like uh, when you're substituting fudge for, for fuck. You're still saying fuck because you're thinking fuck, but saying fudge. But what's the difference? Like, OK, why is why is boobs OK? But tits not. It's you know, all kind of thing. It's a, you, you're still it's you're deluding yourself. Well, by saying, yeah, oh, I no, mean, it's not you that. The gimmick, of course, is the evangelical church decided
4: that music was the inroad right into awakening young people to their movement. And so all of their bashing of heavy metal had to go away. And so they had to change the terminology around that type of music um, because they, you know, they couldn't. If you've ever been to an evangelical service, it's really just a concert with this guy who says Jesus things every five or ten minutes, right? I mean, if you've ever been to it, uh, it's it, yeah, it's a performance art piece uh, with with Jesus thrown out a couple of times.
1: Just, just just to get back on track, just make sure you, if you haven't forgotten. If you just came in, talk about Jesus. All right, back. back <laughs>
3: take it away, take it away, Eileen. I have never heard it, but that way, and that is so. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is a huge performance piece. Yes. Oh wow! No, it just never even—it never occurred to me. Wow. Mind is blown. Being blown. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't your nuts, right?
2: Oh, Mister Pike's gonna explode my nuts if I can't get this fixed. Explode your nuts?
1: Is that a thing? It happens, man. My dad was a Nam. He says he saw it all the time.
4: Were you a Nam?
1: You Nam. But on the other hand, too, he is also right that anything pleasurable does have that possibility of becoming an addiction and that it will become a demon. So in theory. But you left that part out that anything could do that. But you have to learn to control it. And what bites? But I get that. I don't want to go too far ahead because I realize we're kind of skipping the core of these things. All right, What happens on movie night that's different than any other night? Crazy homeless man. The crazy homeless man who I wish it, I wish they had the budget to put Klaus Kinski in that role because oh, it yeah. was such a Klaus Kinski role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. They log up the theater and they're realizing as they after the so that there's somebody still in there. Who's probably the creepiest g- kind of scariest character in the movie. Well, I mean, he is out to, to be the right, yeah. cause of all the problems. But yeah, so as he should be. But yeah, he's a mutter. He's a muttering, crazy person who's broken in the theater and he won't leave. And he, they try to chase him out. But what
3: happens? So before that, I mean, they're they're always referring to him as the drunk or the boozer, or and they're they're putting the addiction on him and making him this. You know, it, he was creepy as shit, regardless. Ricky
1: did say, "I can smell the alcohol on him from here, from yeah. across the room." So at least we knew he was drunk. So they at least had that right. But but then but then every time every time Heavy Metal Mike mentioned him, another vice
3: got added to it. Right. Right. He's looking right. for a fix. Yeah. Yeah. But he uh, exposes an opening in the wall. (laughs) I wanted to see that look on your face, and I'm really glad I got it. You got it. This face hides nothing. Nothing. It's just an open
1: book at all
3: times. But he moves aside a curtain hiding an opening in the wall.
1: Well, it's boarded up. It's not open at the time. But he just busts right through it like Bugs Bunny Road Road show, Right through.
2: Is
3: that? See, kids, that's why I don't drink. Little he crazy man. Into the opening is what you're saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What I thought was fun. Things that he noticed on multiple viewings during that uh, that prayer circle at the game. Mr. Pike says, be a
5: lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path for the devil dwells just below our feet. And a doom and a doom.
1: Well, it does
4: appear to be some kind of cross on that door. Like Mm -hmm. I saw the black mark that looked like a cross. So it seems like somebody knows, right, that this has to be sealed off in some way.
1: Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, like I think whatever budget didn't go for for blood and gore went towards crosses because just for Mister Pike's room alone, there are I count I counted five. I counted five: one crucifix and a Virgin Mary statue. I'm going. We're yeah. mixing ideologies here. And I don't much. care. Let's yeah. keep going. Crucifixes
4: yeah. and Virgin Mary do not appear at evangelical churches.
1: Well, then again, then again. <laughs> It's Mr. Pike. We have a lot to learn about Mr. Pike. Yeah. What's in the basement, boys?
3: Uh, the archive. They open the archive and find uh, all kinds of books and and hidden films. And one of them has a nice little blaze of color on it for just a second, just to get their attention. Catch that light.
1: Catch that light. There's a whole other theater downstairs. There's a secret theater in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that creepy movie canister. And the creepy movie canister,
4: which has the symbol I don't know if you noticed the symbol on the canister. Um, that symbol is the seal of Lilith. Um, is it is Yes. It? Oh, okay. uh, I, happen to be, I happen to be married to a demonologist, so
1: <laughs> there's a sentence you don't hear every day outside of a mori <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn when you record a
4: podcast, I have a little insight into these these demonic you know these demonic things. I have a little bit of an insight into them so. <laughs>
1: In my upbringing, like I'm always fascinated by the omissions in various interpretations of the Bible. I've never heard anything about Lilith ever, 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 no. ever. They've never still fascinating character. But so they discovered that not only is there a theater in the basement, but it's porn. There's the, all the right. posters are for dirty movies. And I'm sorry, 10-foot hole, 10-foot pole, not only sounds disgusting, but it also sounds physically impossible. Like, what is this? <laughs> is this is Valley of the Giants? What's happening? I don't know what's happening.
4: No, I think that that movie sounds like if you bought a ticket, they should arrest you.
1: <laughs> Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to die. you clearly a danger to yourself and others. Exactly. They, they find this room with all these film canisters in it, and, but they realize it looks like there's been a fire in here. So they're just trying to find something like, oh, maybe it's the the cans protected the films. And they just start opening them. And like you said, that little laser reflective sticker on the evil one just flashes just a second enough to get their attention. Look, Oh, I'm over here. I'm really coughing over my shoulders, listeners. Oh, hi. And they find it and it's movie night. And they're like, you know what? We want to see what this is.
3: And Heavy Metal Jeff says, no.
4: Right? No way. They're putting that strange
1: in. The filth, that fell from the basement. Put it back where it came from. No, they override me like, listen, hey, we took a vote. We just took a vote. It's four to one, Jeff, and you have to do what you promised Mr. Pike. Four against one. We're watching.
2: No way. You guys are
1: going to
0: have to kill me. Mr. Pike. Is this to an play part film? And we've chosen. And I don't know, thing. dude. How my name thing is.
5: You gave your word, I Jeff. Don't you don't want me to tell Mr. Pike that you broke your word. Do
1: you? You promised. You don't and want us to tell Mr. Pike that you went back on your word. Do you? Heavy Metal Jazz? dog got copy that. Yeah, so he, he consents. And they play the film. T- mm-hmm. Tell me about the movie.
3: Uh, you know what? I, it, it did not occur to me the first time I watched it, but what it reminded me of was Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. Just yes. the way that it was filmed was very much Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. But it's... Uh, Is this an art film? And again, going back to the kids being just so innocent and dumb. They don't even know if it's
1: porn. Like, was that porn? Is all all pornography like this? It's not porn. We're promised a porno and we don't get a porno either. Like the title promises a porno and they don't give it to us.
3: But I tell you what, I, I actually that film I would watch because it's super Lovecraftian. It has symbols all over the place that are very Lovecraftian. The soundtrack is, it might as well have been Argento and and Goblin for Suspiria.
1: With A Touch of Rosemary's Baby.
2: Is this an art film?
1: There's that, that vocal cool. line, the woman singing, la, 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 la. That, that's very, very Mia Farrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's this ritual that we're seeing with this guy in this black scary match. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite unsettling. I mean, as it was playing, I was thinking... So I'm worried something's going to happen, right? Like all of the yes. symbols
1: flashing and all of this crazy yeah. and weird On the big screen, when I saw it on the big screen, very much so. I'm like, is, is yeah. this going to be that movie Demons? Is that going to happen right. if things yeah. start bursting out of the screen? I'm not happy about this. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's very, it's some ritual and the, they bring a woman in and it's, I've seen it a couple of times now and it lets you do some headcanon. I'm going, okay, I think the things you see in the first half, it's just this woman being presented to right. this priest with a knife and bells and, and a mortar. Ding dong. This is Patrick from the future again. I realized I screwed up my storytelling here in how the film, the forbidden film is being presented because I keep talking about it in halves when it's actually shown in three parts. Theologians love a good Trinity. So I am going to present the evil movie as a trilogy instead. Part one, the summoning. Now you've heard about the first part already where the kids first put it on, and it's this weird ritual thing. There's a priest, and he's chanting, and there's a knife, and he seems to be summoning this woman. And the woman shows up, and as soon as the robe comes off, bang, Heavy Metal Jeff cuts off the film. Okay, part two, The Sacrifice. The second time, they're talking about, oh, it was terrible, it was awful, but they don't know that Todd has snuck up to the production booth, and he puts it on by himself, which causes all kinds of upheaval. This part of the film is much more intense than the second half because it's very, very sexual. It's very, very... Before it was just clinical nudity, but now she's writhing and and, uh, dancing for the camera and the cymbals are flashing more frequently. The music's changed to something much more intense. And this is when you see some demon thing stepping up behind her when the projector breaks. But that's not the end of the movie. Part three, the celebration. This is when everything goes crazy. This is when all of a sudden, much later in the film... The projector starts playing by itself first it starts playing Encino man which it's supposed to be playing but their visions are distorted like it's not the movie it's not even even when you put a regular film canister into the projector it's not playing the right movie anymore it's playing this fucked up demon version of Encino man which then goes into the final part of the film which is woman and demon have become one there's lots of blood there's lots of violence and all of a sudden the people on the screen seem aware of of the people in the audience. With blood flowing, this screaming, this flesh ripping, you don't know who's, and this is when the big penis takes up the entire center of the screen, and I felt it was important to get the chronology set before we started talking about penis, because I know you people and you're all filth and I love you. Back to the show.
3: And then there's one moment right before it gets turned off. Dick full on center of the screen. That's the second yeah.
1: time. That's the second time through when the movie's running by itself. But this first half before heavy metal Jeff shoves it off and she comes in and takes her clothes off, uh, takes her robe off and you see her naked. And I say, I had not seen a Merkin in like modern times, but there's one right now.
4: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just chose not to process that.
1: Um, <laughs> not knocking it, not knocking it because you know, it, t- it t- put in the right period. This is an old movie. And, uh, um, but, but it worked for me. Well, I got confused because I was like, is she wearing some kind of weird body stocking or
4: something that, you know, and I thought it, I thought we were going to see a sacrifice. Like, I honestly thought that's where that was headed. Right. That, that I that think was, we did Like
1: because I I've had to do some headcanon on what we see because what we see later on, like it, when it gets bloody. Right. Yeah. So it has that sacrificial. Yeah. What we see just before, like the when the blood just before it cuts like she takes her robe off and she's new but somebody's coming up behind her with those horns i'm like like was she the their sacrifice like they said you need a pound of flesh and you need virgin blood was this she the virgin that they sacrificed to get this succubus down here and now it's presenting as her
4: yeah because and you know when it when it first happens right because your first thought is they're going to see a, a a dirty movie right that's what they're supposed to see and as you're watching it like obviously it's not that necessarily but it's clearly something you shouldn't be watching, right? And so, even as somebody who's watching the movie, I feel like I should not have seen this, right? And <laughs> and this is bad. And they recognize that it's bad.
1: You see it on their faces as they're watching it, but right. you're also the, the movie also has that power. I'm, I also have to give it. I have to say that's what is, the movie does have its power that you can't look away. But what I thought was great, like when the when Heavy Metal Jeff cuts it off. The kids just sit there in silence for like 15 seconds and nobody moves. I'm like, that's exactly the reaction. I'm like, you didn't even see a real porn. You didn't see anything, and your lives were already shattered. Yeah, they were shook. <laughs>
4: <laughs> did you just make him spit? <laughs> I did. I, I can speak I can speak, out I, can, his nose. I can speak. the youngster lingo as well as any evangelical.
1: Uh, I got oh. Gatorade out my nose. I spit some out and I also couldn't swallow it. So like I had a complete body malfunction right here on Scream Green. This is why I love Pastor Ben. <laughs> you never know what it's coming from him, but he got me last time too. Um, yeah, so they stop the movie, and they're like, okay, we have to put this back, we have to put this back, and there's a whole kerfuffle about putting it back, and we're starting to learn that the, this thing has come out. T- tell me about Lilith. Just tell me about Tell me about who's coming out of this movie.
4: Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. Do they call her Lilith at any point? I mean, I, don't. I looked I, – I knew the symbol, right? That's why I, I sort of did it. But yeah, so Lilith, this succubus, uh, comes out of the film. Um, who is a very lovely lady and uh, prone to not wearing clothes uh, a lot. She is kind of a, an interesting character. And I think what I like about there are lots of portrayals of demons um, and they're usually kind of, you know, foaming at the mouth, uh, ugliness, right? And of course, she is supposed to be seductive. And so she is seductive, Right. And changes form and changes her behavior based on the person that she's dealing with. Because I think my favorite moment of hers was with heavy metal, Jeff, when she just starts smoking, right? Uh, it's like the least sexy thing she does or the least sexual thing she does. But it's so tempting for him, right? Because she knows that's his thing.
1: Double fisted. She comes up with right. two cigarettes and she's smoking <laughs> Just that little Mona Lisa smile. <laughs>
3: not only is the cigarette the temptation but then she pulls her her robe aside and just shows one boob right and that was enough
1: what I like to call the argento boob he, they they yeah. love the they love the left boob over there they love it they love it yeah um is the left
4: one traditionally better than the right I
1: don't know. <laughs> no but just but just in our Italian horror movies if you go if they only expose one it's always the left one yeah and then yeah <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. Well, I, I'm just going to say it probably goes back to like Greek and Roman statuary and artwork. It's usually probably. that way too. Mm-hmm. That, that is more traditionally beautiful just to have the one. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What to, three gay men trying to talk about why boobs are attractive. <laughs> All right. <but laughs> Cause they're round. Uh, well, they look like Great. a scoop of ice cream. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, what I like about her a lot of the time. She, she makes you come to her.
3: A lot of the time, most -hmm. of the time, she just stands there. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? She did do uh, something horrible to Heavy Metal Jeff, and he didn't move, but he could tell that he was moved up. Here's the thing with Heavy Metal Jeff:
1: like Jeff, Heavy Metal Jeff talks a big game. Lock the door.
5: Sit tight. Don't move till I say all clear. Read
2: me.
1: Are you sure? I have the bet. Heavy mail Jeff is like, I'm the only one who can fight her. You can stay here. I'm the only one with enough, who's saved enough and blah, 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 blah. He takes one look at her and he's rooted to the spot. He has every opportunity to leave and he doesn't. And what I also think about her, the way she kills, is that it's not. She just comes in and rips her throat off. Like, as soon as you touch her, you die. Or as soon as you have sex with her, she kills you. No. You have to be committed to this. You have to commit to the finish. She kills you when you climax. That's when she has you.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, when you completely surrendered to her. And she made him come his <laughs> <laughs> And punished him with the thing he was most afraid of. Yeah. She exploded.
4: My, that's... It's just like them. Yeah, and I mean she's in she's for a succubus, right, she's in the exact right location because yeah. what what drives them, right, is that repressive view of personal sexuality, right. And so she a succubus, Lilith knows it doesn't take much right to tear these folks down uh, because they are so repressed. Uh, and the repression drives that kind of sort of need to do these things, right? So um, it's it's an interesting take on – and as far as heavy metal, Jeff, right? I just – folks, if you're listening out there and you encounter a demon, I just want you to know baseball bats are not a great thing. Um, so, you know, don't use them, right? Uh, it, it doesn't work because <laughs> he's throwing that damn bat around like <laughs> – it's like some tough yeah. guy.
1: Well, it lost its magic when you punched the peach in the face. Okay, right. <laughs> it's stolen. It's it's not. <laughs> it's, it, they committed a sin by stealing it from the Georgia Peach mannequin that was laying on the floor. They they never put back up. They're like, let's clean up the theater. They never put her back up. How dare you? How dare you do this, <laughs> Dean Davis? Yeah,
4: those mannequins had a rough night too.
1: Yeah, did, they did. Did you happen to notice the uh, posters for um, yes. for the movies? They clearly couldn't get the actual posters. Did you notice that the League, League of their own poster is Nancy Allen in her volleyball outfit from Carrie. No, I did not notice. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they just, they t- like, she's going for the ball, but they just like put a glove on her. Wow. Like the volleyball, but they just put a glove on one. hand. Oh, okay. Cause I did notice it was weird. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah. Like that's not the poster. Well, the, the actual poster was too tup- obscene. It was too tup- obscene. Yeah, of scene. course. I don't know, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so he's a whole thing of hypocrisy. And even though he doesn't die, he's punished. And he doesn't really learn his lesson. Like, as the movie goes on, like in that final battle, we're jumping around with Todd. He goes in again, blazing glory. I'm going to have to kill him.
0: What is that? I don't know. What are you going to do? Die. What? Sup, Pussy.
3: You must be stoked to be in the girls' bathroom. You come in here to lick the toilet seats or
0: what? No, it's not. It's not him. He's like possessed or something. Nah, dog. I'm not possessed. I'm fucking free.
3: And now you're gonna die, dickless, in the girls' shitter, just like that fuckwad, Mr. Party. Hey,
2: watch your mouth, Demon time! Hey,
3: fuck you, poser. What did you call me? A poser. A crybaby. A mama's boy who got too scared at college and came running home with his tail between his legs. You know what I would have done for a crack at all that free poon and booze you ran away from at that college?
0: I would have given my right fucking hand.
3: <laughs> but now I don't have to. Once I'm done with you two, I'm gonna saddle up and strap in for an eternity for a fucking fighting and getting my knob slopped by that
0: sexy-ass demon chick.
2: We have to kill Todd.
4: With a paper towel dispenser.
1: With a paper towel dispenser? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to put out another warning about fighting demons with paper towel dispensers? <laughs> I, 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 I feel like that one's a... You, sh- you should know that. See, I'm a big fan of use what you got. If that's what you got, use it. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> in an emergency situation. But yeah, he wants to, he's like, we got to kill Todd because he's intended to kill Todd, but it's not, that's not how you're going to stop him.
3: I have to say, I am really happy to see the male genitalia in a horror movie. As someone who grew up as a kid in the 80s, watching slasher films and seeing a lot of boobs and a lot of bush and a lot of butt from females, uh, I was happy to see Dick in horror. And it's not hidden in the back no. either. It's the whole screen. <laughs> that was the thing that impressed me the most when they when they showed that. Immediately they cut it off after that, but it was full, full screen. There was uh, symbols around it. It was full center of the film. There's a, a book called How to Survive a Horror Movie. Yeah, Have you read it? A long time so ago. So the very yeah. end of the book is, you know, if everything else fails, male genitalia that was the fastest way to shut down a horror film like to survive a horror movie because it just cannot exist in the same realm as a horror
4: uh yeah and i suspect that may be one of the reasons that people responded so severely because the rest of it is pretty benign there there was nothing in this movie i couldn't have seen in other places right um except for uh what what you just talked about right and i think i think sometimes we are so not used to seeing that um that that becomes the shocking thing right yep. um that oh, they dared yeah. to go there
3: right yeah and then there's of course the extremely graphic gory mutilation that came along with that uh we watched it when we watched
1: what, it- what budget was not spent on crucifixes <laughs> and crosses yeah. went to severed penises there's several of yes, them there were
3: uh, the, the Each unique, each, each, each shimmering little diamonds. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. the, the most graphic one, uh, which was heavy metal Jeff or heavy metal Jeff's dick. Well, it wasn't even his dick. It was his balls that were exploded. One of our friends that was sitting here on the couch watching that with us nearly passed out when he saw that. I was impressed. Understandably. Yeah. Understandably. I was impressed.
1: It was a gruesome effect. It was a gruesome effect. I also like, even though it was gross, it was also light at the same time because he, he, some of the things that delivered with humor that I appreciated when Jeff is, is bleeding out afterwards, he's going to die. And Ricky steps up to the plate. I just realized I made a baseball Yeah. And he's still he's still a homophobic asshole. Right. He's yeah. Ricky 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 learned first aid. He's like, I know how to do this. I know you're going to bleed out. If I don't do something, he's like, Well are you sure you're not gonna get, you know, turn on because you're gay. <laughs> Let me help you. I did first aid for the baseball
2: team. But Ricky Jeff, you're bleeding out. Are you sure it's a good idea? I mean, you know, because you're a gay dude. Do you think I'm gonna get turned on by your exploded testicles? Is that how you think
1: being gay works? Honestly, man, I have no idea. Do you even do? You, do you think that's what gay is? What do you think? Like, I really,
3: I really have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to get turned on by your exploded nuts? The
4: the idea that they foreshadowed this happening, I thought, was absolutely bonkers, right? That that, that would even
1: be a topic. Because something tells me he brings it up all the time. Right. This is a thing. That, that's him. his favorite thing to yeah. bring up. I'll, I'll give it an explode nut. Because I, I know people who
4: served in Vietnam. I don't remember that phenomenon coming up very often. So all over the place. All you couldn't go right. anywhere without
1: testicles hanging from trees.
4: Apparently. Like I just have this picture of Vietnam, just people randomly combusting, right? And, right. and falling over. because uh, he never says why or how it happened in Vietnam. It was just a Vietnam thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the Viet Cong almost won.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My brain water to make a joke and say, well, that's why they call this show mash. But that was the wrong war. Never mind. <laughs> uh, well, um, we don't know what the Koreans did. So. Right. No, we, don't, we don't. We don't know. We don't know. No one ever it. what well, we do now. They made this movie. Right, exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they knew. I'm still a little. You. You. you mentioned Todd's confrontation. I'm a little annoyed at that scene just as a filmmaker because it was Go on. very intense and the old drunk, you know, who we find out was oh, former oh, 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 the one at the the one at the end, the one at the end. Okay, we're jumping to the end. All right. The former theater owner who is the old drunk/crazy slash crazy guy uh is cutting his own chest with no blood uh and then he's cutting Todd's he's cutting a symbol and a was it the same Lilith symbol that he was cutting? I think it was some iteration of that
4: symbol. So down. he's
1: cutting that. Well, it did look. It did. It did look like a big L. So it was either Lilith or Laverne. He's ca-
4: <laughs> <laughs> was Laverne Cox in this movie?
1: Oh, I met mean Defazio. Right, uh, I, was, <laughs> see, I went to Laverne and Shirley first
3: myself. <laughs> Thank you. Always go to Laverne and Shirley first.
1: The source of the source of all evil. But
3: the the deep deep, long cuts on his chest and on Todd's chest, and there was no blood, none at all. And just, for me, it pulls me out of it because they did so many other things right that when they did something wrong like that, it just, it stands out to me.
1: Especially since the blood was what was needed, that's why exactly. they needed virgin
3: blood they, to summon they her. They need virgin blood, except he wasn't bleeding. You were kind enough to conjure her, and now I have arranged the sacred
5: instruments the mortar the bells the knife i provided the ounce of flesh and this this degenerate holds the final ingredient virgin blood oh
0: stop cutting me please
5: not one step further or I'll let him like a goat. Blood of virgins, purity, and light.
1: Right. I let it go. I'm just figuring budget things, whatever happened. I don't know. There's, there's lots of things. Like Okay. So everybody gets tested. Everybody passes or fails. We need to talk about Mr. Pike. So we get to do Friday Night Movie Club? Yes, sir. Just as
5: soon as you guys sweep the theaters, you can put in whatever movie you want. Which one is it? I gotta
1: go load the projector.
5: And Man. The other one.
0: I'm not sure we've all had a chance to really discuss- No, pick now or I'm out of here! Jeff, I love your passion.
5: I love how you're communicating directly. But you have to remember, when you feel like things are getting out of control, C-B-T-L. Right. C-B-T-L.
2: C-B-T-L. Uh, what's C-B-T-L? Christ
5: bears the load. Decide amongst yourselves, put it to a vote. Jeff will play whatever movie you choose. Make sense? You have my
3: word. Yeah. The creepy, Mr. Pike's downfall. the creepy theater manager who is the perfect representation of the hypocritical zealot and right winger. They talk about how everyone else is sitting and they're doing things that are 10 times worse the, than the things they're railing against.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what Mr. Pike was doing. What's what's the big secret that Mr. Pike has hidden in that locked cabinet in his office?
3: It's not the gun that he says it is.
4: No, mm-hmm. he's such a gross human being. What is it? What's going on? Tell me. Well, he's, Tell them. he's, he's filming ladies in the bathroom uh, through a hole in his little cabinet of curiosities there. In full view of the Virgin Mary, I might add. Uh, which yeah, she was in that cabinet. Yeah, I upsetting. noticed that. She, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and apparently has all of these tapes, right, of people that he has spied on in this way. Look, Mr. Pike, Mr. Pike and these kids remind me why I became a minister. Because this kind of sort of self-idolatry, right, that is Mr. Pike, right? And it becomes an abusive idolatry, right? And he is, this is textbook, right? This is what happens in giant, self-righteous, holier-than-thou institutions, right? There's always a leader who is, you know, sort of everybody worship, they worship the leader more than they worship God, right? So the leader is the thing. And then they find out the leader is a total scumbag and it sends them all into absolute chaos, right? Because the whole thing falls apart once they recognize that the great leader is actually a complete pervert, which we all suspected the minute we met him. Right? because we're like we know you right we know you right we know, we know this guy TV, we right we, mm-hmm. we, we, know, we, we know what you're up to
1: we um, don't know specifically what you're up to but you're up to something <laughs> well, but again, yeah something's going happen yeah
3: you look back at Falwell or um Baker or exactly you know uh, we have here um oh my god I can't even think of his name now uh but it was one of the televangelists they it all of them have some deep dark secret that as soon as they they are found out and all of their parishioners are surprised every single time yeah because you you
4: set yourself up right as something perfect yeah or the idea that you can be perfect and holy in this way and you are begging to let people down uh, and it always happens right and it, and for church goers, Worshipping the leader of the church more than the God he claims to represent always backfires and it's always ugly and messy and gross uh, and damaged. Right. Hmm. Um, And so I think that is probably the pivotal point in what ultimately becomes the resolution of this film. Right. Is when this falls apart.
1: Yes. Yeah. Much more than her. Right. Not so much Lilith. It's this discovery that destroys whatever. It knocks the House of Cards over for all of them. Yeah, Lilith is a symptom of a larger disease. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Chastity, I thought, had a really nice scene here. She's just like, it's all lies. It's all, all of it. This doesn't
2: make any sense. This doesn't make any kind of sense. Well, it all makes sense. Mr. Pike's a liar. What? Mr. Pike is full of bullcrap. I mean, what's all that crazy junk downstairs? What are all these tapes? He's not a liar. Oh yeah? Why'd you go to camp this summer? What does that have to do with anything? Camp? Aren't you a little old for camp? I just... I'm not supposed to talk about it. Why not? Didn't you find it transformative? How do you know about that?
5: Mr. Pike! He told you? He said it would fix things.
0: That it would
2: take the burden of homosexuality off you so you could be free to live a normal life.
0: You're gay? You're like an athlete. She's lying.
2: (laughs) Shut up, Jess. I'm lying? I'm lying. Who do you think told Mr. Pike that you were having lustful thoughts about men? Girls playing baseball. Okay, guys playing baseball. What is going on,
1: man? Heavy Metal Jeff is saying, "No, no, no, it can't be true." And Mr. Pike, he always when when I when I came back, he's the one who took care of me and he watches over all of us. Literally through a peephole on the wall fucker. And I also realized Chastity's on that tape. Chastity's on those tapes somewhere and she knows it. That's horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, they, they don't say it. They, they, they all
4: have like the, the you know the reactions. Heavy Metal Jeff goes into denial. Uh, she has this kind of acceptance, right, that this was a lie. Ricky expresses rage in
1: that moment, right? Um, and so... Oh, right, 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 right. He snaps because, yeah, he's the fuck... You locked me up in a camp for being a pervert and you're doing this? It's not
2: true. It's not true. Chaz just can't stand it that I am in love with Jasmine and not her. But
5: there is no Jasmine. <laughs> ah!
1: oh yeah and he's oh yeah that was a great moment i forgot about that thank you yeah i forgot about that yeah and todd's out of the picture todd's been spirited away unfortunately but um not dead but he's uh missing in action yeah and then mr pike shows up Uh, she's supposed to show up at midnight take the kids home and lock up Mm -hmm. Mm yeah that's not what happens (laughs) well it's supposed to happen but (laughs) and again this scene i thought this scene was was interesting Mm Part of me part of me was like I really wanted to see more of this but at the same point like on multiple viewers like we're seeing just enough. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing just enough. And also that question of what's going on and what's okay what am I talking about what happens what happens
3: what happens to Mr. Pike? Well, he uh, for some strange reason and I don't understand why he was going to the women's bathroom before he went to his office. Here's my thing. Here's my
1: th- here's this is me doing headcanon as they call it in you know the sci-fi world. I'm saying if they're pounding on the walls and he can't hear them and you know, doors are opening that were locked for him. Like something called him there. Uh, fair enough. I'm going to make sure he's here so they see. Yeah, they did need to see what the I laughing? did. Laughing?
4: Was there laughing? Because I felt like he heard something.
1: I don't know. Uh, I, that's what I feel, too. I felt like he heard something too, and something something drew him there. She drew him there. She said whatever trap. But sure, but sh- I have to, They're looking. I know they're looking because I know everything about these kids. I know them inside and out. I know all of them. I know their fears. I know what they want. I know their desires. I know everything. So I I can, yeah, I know where they're looking. And I, they need to see okay. this. Yep. So you're going to be here. So he
3: winds up in the girl's bathroom right there in front of the camera. And you don't see her at first. You just see him. You just see him talking to somebody. And we don't hear and him. yeah. Or we kind of hear Then he it. starts yeah. unbuttoning his pants. And then then she comes on screen. Like it, It's a very slow kind of almost seductive uh, scene with her. Yeah, she... <laughs> <laughs> they don't make it super clear what she does to him after she bends him over with his face in front of the camera. But mm-hmm. we can assume. Exactly.
1: Well, it also goes by Peggy. <laughs> That's where thank
4: get. I'm not get touching ed- that with a 10-foot pole. Or a 10-foot hole. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. And, you know, th- it's another one of those scenes, though, right? And this is one of the things I like, is it is kind of like voyeuristic in the sense that we feel like we shouldn't be seeing this right uh because it's through his people
1: right this is what we're watching this through it's through his people and it's all his face his face is right in the camera so we're seeing what's happening through his face right yeah it's like the worst kind of
4: pov you know that you could possibly encounter and then and also
1: that that kind of storytelling also leaves you to pencil in what you are most afraid of right now yeah what do you think's happening to him she could have been tickling him with a feather back tick, tick, Or oh, No, no. <laughs> not. But yeah. But this goes on for a while. Like she it this it's not a quick kill. She comes to he takes his pants. Can you imagine though? Somebody walks into the room and like shows you a boob and your first reaction is to take off your pants. Okay. That's a Mr. Pike rolls. Right. Well, we don't know because <laughs> that's not our first reaction.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Our first reaction is, you know, can I give
1: you something to cover that up, ma'am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God, your shoes are fabulous. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get that robe? That wrap is lovely. Um, <laughs> you know what you need? You need marabou sleeves, baby. You need some marabou sleeves. And a, <laughs> yeah. And then she, she kisses him and she takes him in her arms and they kiss for a while before he gets bent over and you see him give a to something. Okay. He gives a consent and it's not until you see that face. Give itself over to pleasure that she is his. And what does she do?
3: She rips his dick off. He better off without. it. I agree. It. Yeah.
1: What else that was interesting is that this is really the only kill we see, but it doesn't kill him. No. He's, she leaves them to bleed out. Same thing she did to Jeff. She exploded his nuts and I'm gone. You can live in your own suffering. Bye bye. See you on the other it's side. True. Oh, you thought you were going to get pleasure. I'm getting the pleasure. <laughs> right. Whatever house of cards was, was still standing, completely gone. Everybody's just, Total by this. Yeah, and then they have to, they're trying to hunt her down and things go on. People get tempted. I do like the scene too where where Chastity, it's early on where Chastity gets tempted, where the uh, demon appears as, as Ricky. Ricky. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ah! Ah! Ah!
2: What What happened? What, 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 were you just in there with me? Was that you? What? I saw it. I saw it. I, um, I touched your. Uh... Chastity! Ah. Stop! I don't want you What? I mean because of Jasmine, you know? And Mr. Pike, he's shape.
4: I think someone's in here with us. Yeah, but I mean,
1: come on. Like that outfit, are you kidding me? <laughs> it was very on the
3: nose. <laughs> it was on the nose,
1: but something tells me that's what she's thinking about when she's writing in her diary at I night. I mean, writing in her diary I don't know. The international mail catalog came to life. She she gets a handful of dick and everything and she, but she stops. It doesn't, it's not it doesn't kill her. It's not about that. She's she's able to she's able to stay, say no, which is what the men can't do. Yeah. These, these these men in charge cannot say no to her. Okay, so this final battle. The whole backstory with Mr. Beekman, or Lord Beekman, as he calls himself, because yeah. it's the Beekman Theater, and it's still the Beekman Theater, even though he's gone. He did used to run this porn palette. So this whole story was kind of the weak spot for me. He was the weak spot. I, he kind of like I said before that he remind. I wanted to see Klaus Kinski in the role, and the reason I wanted to see Klaus Kinski in the role is because something about this guy made me keep thinking it was Dan Aykroyd in disguise. But this 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 part got messy I, for me
3: in storytelling. I did have to look him up because I, I he's he looked like so many character actors. I got a little bit lost um, in anything that he was part of i wasn't watching him i noticed that when he was on the screen i wasn't watching him i was watching everybody else
1: yeah i I had trouble focusing on him too like the whole thing i have my you think somebody cutting their penis off would be more interesting you don't see it it's happened before you think he comes on we hear about it
4: well and i think that whole backstory i think it just wasn't fully realized enough like because i would i when they first found the room right with all the burn stuff like and then he comes on later i'm like did they try to burn him out like is that how that happened
1: I caught it on my third time through. He does say something. They burned us out. They did say something. They tried to burn us out with fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that the Christians sense came sense. and burned out the evil, but it's still here. Yeah. They left it though. They left it though. Just in case. Yeah. We might need this room right. later for, for ice cream socials or whatever the fuck we do. Sorry.
0: <laughs> are you okay? What are they, what
2: have they done to you? I got knocked out. This, this guy cut his penis off. I don't know why. Nobody tells Todd anything. You've seen his pictures, Todd. You saw his posters. He's a smut peddler. He unleashed the monster that killed Mr. Pike. And now he wants to turn you into his own personal pleasure pony! What? What do you want?
5: Me? <laughs> I want the same as you! Out of this place! You see, this was mine. Yeah. All mine. Before they drove me out, before they burned my archive, my face, this was my pleasure palace, and I, the Lord, Lord Beekman!
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we must be quick now.
4: The
5: hour of unity
4: approaches. Well, it turns out burning other people's property may not be the most Christian thing to do. (laughs)
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> Old Testament God likes when you burn your own property. That's okay. That's okay. But just don't show up to heaven smelling like an ashtray or heavy metal. Jeff will get right. mad at you. Yeah, because that's yeah. what Jesus cares about. There's this whole rigmarole with calling the succubus. There's items that you need to call her, and they're the same items that you need to send her away. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they're all in the theater because this is clearly where the movie was from. And I'm guessing the guy in the movie was Beekman, young Beekman. Right. Yeah. And that this Didn't used to be his pleasure palace and he knows exactly what it is. And he knows exactly who she is. And she, I want her back. I miss her. Mm-hmm. They kept, they took her away from me when they burned this place down. Yeah. And uh, he's come back to get her and he needs uh, a, an ounce of flesh, which is his penis that he cut off. He needs the, the bells. He needs the mortar and he needs the knife and he needs the blood of a virgin. And he's going to use Todd.
4: Not just any bells. Those are Catholic altar bells. Um, yes, they you, are.
1: You you probably recognize, right? From your I sure do. I sure do. I remember shaking them once as an altar boy, and one of them came loose and just rolled all the way down the. Altar.
4: Well, maybe God is trying to tell you something.
1: <laughs> My mother was like, <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I'm like, it's shiny construction, My mom. I was like, maybe because I was ringing it like, hi, hey! yeah. like a tambourine. But <laughs> your wrists are too limp for this, Patrick. I mean. <laughs> It's all kind of messy, but um, it needed some cleaning up. And uh, um, uh, the thing is that, like, she's been romping around the theater this whole time, and they didn't really make it clear that the way this called that this ritual calls her in her true form, which is the way you have to send her back. You can't kill her unless she's in her true form.
2: The demon can only be summoned or dispatched via the sacred instruments. Only in its true
4: form. Yeah, which I kind of wish, right, again, like there was more richness to that, because like, the only thing that can kill this demon is ultimately truth, right? The only thing that liberates these children uh, is ultimately making peace with their truth, right? And so there is this idea, right, that the truth is cleansing. Um, And because when they kept saying her true form, like, there were times I got a little confused about what they were talking about, especially when, you know, they're talking about it, and Ricky's doing his thing, and I'm thinking, well, he's not her true form, so what are they trying to do, right? So, and then I realize, you know, she has to be the demon, and it, and so ultimately it's truth, right, that banishes the demon.
1: Yeah, all the glamour's gone. Right. And I mean, magic is not, well, and also the, you know, you know what I mean. I did enjoy that that Mr. Beatman thought that this was going to bring him and the demon together, and it did, but not in the way that he thought. Children. Pastor Ben famously said, one of the fav- one of my favorite things you said of the Pumpkinhead ep- episode was that you always need to read the fine print when you're dealing with the devil. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> because Toby did become one. He did become one with that demon, but not in the way he expected. He came, she came bursting out of it.
4: Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, the movie. Uh, I think it was the second Warlock movie, His Weird Birth, right? Um, yes. Yes. The Psychic. Maybe um, yes, and there's there's always that weird satanic like being born from a human's body, right?
3: Um, Maybe this is a so, sequel yeah. thing because it was also Nightmare on Elm Street too, where he came out of right. Jesse. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. being bo- and being bo- uh, being
1: uh, born as a full adult to out of a hole—it's not supposed to come out of all that good stuff. Um, what confused me? I thought, oh, this is where the movie's going to end, but then it didn't end. We got another dimension thing going on yes um, and i then, got i had to do some headcanon i'm like okay so the demon rips open a hole in between the dimensions and walks out with it but then takes todd with her and i said why did she do that and i said oh because he bears her mark mm, he's hers now yeah and i thought this stuff was a little confusing i didn't mind it like I, I, it's better if i didn't think about it like well because we a uh, heavy metal jeff and abe go after her and the portal closes behind them so two are left behind, and two, of three technically, are in this other dimension, which is just the movie theater, but it's the porno theater restored. So it's really right, and I, I
4: think Todd calls it. <coughs> excuse me, Todd calls it a hell dimension or something, or a hell uh, space. I can't remember what his term was.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they did. This is determined when they think cause they're like, oh, it's a beautiful day. I, there's people right. walking. <laughs> help! Help! We're locked in here. And then the people look at them and just explode. And it's like, okay, they, we're not, we're not in Kansas. No, no, we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. Something's wrong. And Todd's the demon of this universe. This is his domain.
2: Whoa! Did you see that?
1: This is no bueno.
0: Uh, guys, Todd, your hand. Weird. Fuck yes. Mm-hmm.
1: He's changing. He's floating in the air and he's going to kill them. And um, we talked about this battle before. This battle, uh, There's a battle going on in our world, the battle in their world. We talked about the battle in uh, this world with the paper towel And Evidently, Abe has to come up like, no, you're my friend. I'm not going you can kill me if you need to, but I'll, at least I'm going to be with you.
0: Wait, you can't hurt him. Regular Todd is still inside him. I know it. Todd. I know you're in there. Regular Todd is dead. There's something to you, uh, Move over, no, Abe. No, 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 wait! Abe, we're in trouble, man. If you're a if you can hear me, I need you to know one thing, I love you, man. You always get my back, and you never complain when I don't get yours. You're the best friend a guy could have. I realize that now, and if I die here today, I'll be glad I got to spend my last few moments alive with you.
1: There's nobody else I'd rather spend him with, and that slows him down enough to for the other kids to t- take care of it. What I thought was fascinating about this was that in order to do the right thing and send this demon back where she came from, Ricky has to give in to this forbidden desire for just a little while. He, that's the good thing to do.
3: He gives and into he has that to have truth. He
1: gives into that
3: desire and strip tease for two full minutes. Well, because he's not into it at mm-hmm. first.
1: As soon as he gets he's like, do we need to get those teenage hormones flowing to get her attention.
3: Get her to come back. I did have to go back and look at the film. It is literally two minutes. We paid for the song. We're using the goddamn song. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: listeners at home, I just want you to know that I'm unable to use any of the audio footage from the final battle between Chaz and Lilith and Ricky because that song is playing the entire time and it would be a copyright nightmare. Back to the show.
3: I do hate the, the this piece did bug me because in this scene Ricky is doing his most seductive come and get me demon dance. And then when the demon comes through the door, you can't really tell, but you can tell that it's a man instead of it's a man of her. But there is a, an immediate cut to Todd as the demon with the other, with heavy metal Jeff and uh, a, with their dealing with their stuff. And then you cut back. And Ricky's having sex with the demon. It complete. I feel like something hit the f- – yeah, something hit the floor. Com- something got yeah. cut.
4: Yeah, because the, that male figure, like as you try to make out who the male figure was, right? At first I thought it looked like heavy metal Jeff, right, <laughs> as he was going out. Uh, but then I thought, no, it's kind of like a weird Adam kind of figure, right? Because it's got – it appears to be wearing a loincloth or something and – you know,
1: it has that kind of Tarzan-y kind of vibe. It does. My brain went, I said, I said. did hell Jesus just walk in to have sex with this kid? Is that what's going to happen? And I'm thinking maybe that's why that's not right. there. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Did something's missing? But anyway, he's getting his first blow jump. And Chastity, I love her. She's not watching. She's just like, because uh, she, she has to ring the bells at some point. Like, she's waiting there with the bells. F, let me know. Let me know, Ricky. Let me know, Ricky. Let me know what I should do. And he's like, one more minute. One more man One more minute. <laughs> <laughs> one more minute. And the, Everything's going red. Everything's going crazy. But it takes this combined force. Yeah. It's not just Chastity. That Chastity figures it all out. She's the brains, but he has to go through the, the whole thing and he has to get to that point where he almost loses his soul and his life and he's the one who delivers the killing blow. Mm-hmm. So it's the two of them together. Yeah. It's the two outcasts. The two most sinful of them all. The two who did the worst things. Yeah, Betraying a friend and then being gay. Right, And one well, of the filthy gays. I mean, and again,
4: right, this is, you know, they become these kind of, I don't, have you ever heard someone say Jesus so much on your show before? I mean, like, I feel like this is probably the most Jesus-y thing you...
1: Uh, it comes up a lot. It you know. comes up a lot. We talk, we, so, we did, um, we, did a, we we did did St. Maud. So, yes, we talked right, about Jesus yeah. a lot. So,
4: because there is this idea, right, that they are the outcasts who end up being the most faithful people of the bunch, right? These are the people Jesus had supper with, right? Uh, the people that he hung out with, that he wasn't supposed to hang out with. Uh, and they end up having the most faith. And I, I noticed that because chastity at the end brings back those CBTL initials.
2: Guys, oh, you're back. Uh, oh, See, your plan worked. Tricky, what happened to you? <laughs> I... We killed her. Or
3: trapped her back in the film, at least.
0: Someone has to watch over it. Make sure nobody ever sees it again. Abe, what if you get, like,
2: tempted or something? CBTL?
4: Because uh, at first I thought, oh, the resolution is going to be we all lose our faith and Christians suck and, you know, everything's terrible. But no, she says that again. Uh, we'll call it Chekhov's CBTL because it appeared very in the very first uh, part, right? Uh, um, what does that stand for? Christ bears the load, Right. Um, which they say comes up in a mocking kind of way in the prayer section uh, at the very beginning. But when she says it,
1: it's genuine. Because it's a double entendre. Yeah, it's a double yeah. entendre at the beginning. We all giggle right. about it. <laughs> everybody, yeah. When I did a screening, everybody giggled. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, what I also realized this last time through is that just before she figures it out, that she figures out, we have the – she showed me that book, and I saw all those things, all those items that we need. They're in the back right there. We have them all right here. She's the, When she figures it out, she says a prayer for. Us. She's like, I don't know if anybody's yeah. listening. But if you are, I can really use your help right now. And that's when Ricky dropped the bells and all the pieces came together. She, she got it, she, she prayed and she got a sign. Please.
2: What should I do?
0: Sorry. Right. True form. What? The book. We yeah. unleashed a sex demons. Oh. What is
5: what like like yeah, yeah, that? The no, no, no. What is that? What like is the bells. Night. I am enraged. The sacred instruments.
2: What is that? What is that? What is True form. True form. True, true sacred form. Sacred instruments. The demon can only be summoned or dispatched via the sacred instruments when it's in its true form.
1: Show me what to do. Right, Show me what, what to says, do. Yeah. And bam, she got shown what to do. So th- it's not mocking their faith at all. It's mocking the institution that's exploiting their faith. Right. And that's what I thought was fabulous about this movie.
4: Because what ultimately ends up winning, right, is that genuine, honest faith, right, that mm-hmm. is not hateful and oppressive and all of those things. They, they express truth. The truth is what sets them free and makes them more faithful. Um, and so I actually felt much better about the ending right? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> when she when she said that CBTL thing in a very genuine and kind of loving way. Right.
3: As I say, it, it feels to me that that was faith over religion. Like religion in it, in its most disgusting forms is what was attacked during the film. It wasn't their faith, you know.
4: I, I think this was aimed at a very particular subset of faith, right? Um, because they knew it to be a dangerous way to express faith in a in, a, in an abusive way, right? Um, and what I thought about in the overall picture, right, is what ultimately happens is one of the problems with American evangelicalism is that it is obsessed with personal behavior, right? Mm of which the Bible cares little, you know, the Bible cares about justice and not hurting people and helping the sick and feeding the hungry. Um, You know, Jesus said a lot about that stuff. Jesus really didn't say very much about personal behavior. Um, And so what the kids are learning here, right, is that what ultimately matters is not these personal sins of theirs or these fragilities that they have or these flaws that they have. What matters, right, is that they believe they can conquer this thing that is evil. And so it is the faith that matters more than the legalistic kind of minutia uh, that they've been assaulted with for so long.
1: That's why I thought the movie was surprising. I think that's why a lot of people turned on it, too, because it wasn't it wasn't the gore fest. It wasn't the porn fest. It wasn't all boobs. It did a promised to all those things that gave you nothing yeah. or very little. No.
4: And it was very subtle. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, this faith stuff was very subtle.
1: No, it's not hammer. It's not hammered, it's not hammered in it at all. So, yeah. Which I thought was was brilliantly done. Yeah, preach me in a whisper. It always makes me happier. Don't yell at me. Stop yelling right. at me. Stop yelling at me. I oh, we got my hackles up. I'm not listening anymore. Well,
4: and stop, stop, you know, stop literally demonizing human sexuality, right? It's, right. it's a gift from God. Yeah. Uh, it is yes. not
1: a sin. Yes. Thank you. Because hey, that is it, something that came up. I'm like, why, why, why is, why is, why is sex the bad thing? Like we celebrate motherhood, but not the way you get there.
4: Yeah. And it turns out in this movie, it isn't the bad thing.
1: No. Right. And like it, it was, it got me thinking about how you hear about all these various Christian teenagers who are avoiding the, oh, I'm pure. Every other hole has been penetrated, but except that one,
3: like you're finding loopholes. Right. Just to, to heaven. Yeah. That doesn't sound. Right, but it's because that—that's the way they've been raised, and that's what's been beaten into their head. Is you have to, if you are following it to the letter, not to the, the the intent. And it's not even because the Bible says it's one way; it's because the religious leaders have said it's that way. Yeah.
4: Well, it's one of the yeah. easiest ways to control people. Absolutely. And you know, and it's one of the easiest ways to give people the kind of certainty, right? This is bad and this is good. Yeah. Now give me some money. Cause I need an airplane.
1: <laughs> right. And it's always good to have them. Oh, absolutely. Don't be like yeah. them. Yeah. Be like us. Stay away from them. Stay here. If you mix with them, that you might get some of them secular ideas that you get at college. Right. Yeah. <laughs> secular. Then you start questioning what we do here. And that's not good. We don't like propaganda. questions. Mm-hmm. Sexu- <laughs> secular propaganda. All right. I think we've done porno. <laughs> I think um, we're done. <laughs> do you know how difficult it was to do any type of googling on this movie? The amount gosh. of, of oh, qualifiers I, know, yeah. I had to do in the <laughs> porno 2019 horror movie Fangoria. Clear your search history, people. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, if you just type in "porno 2019," you might actually wind up summoning a succubus. <laughs> we are no longer responsible. I've warned you.
4: Yeah, and they don't respond. They don't respond to baseball bats, people. It does. It's not they gonna work.
1: They don't. They don't. They don't. Especially one stolen from a Georgia peach. <laughs> Turns out they're defeated by
4: fragile young people.
1: One thing I thought, just since I'm here now, it's, I, I just it's popped in my head. I just want to get it out. Is that I thought the setting was interesting. That it's set 30 years ago, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like during the Satanic Panic, and now like, like, there's been this whole rises of both like evangelicalism and liberalism. It's like, like this huge war. At the moment, and that kind of hasn't happened since the 80s, the secular, the satanic yeah. panic thing where everybody wanted it to be the 50s.
4: It was also about like 1992 is about 10 years after probably the most unholy marriage between faith and politics. Right. The the Christian rights uh, emerging in the 80s. Right. Um, and I thought, I and, and they were the purveyors of this kind of nonsense. Right. Uh, that this was what the problem was, right? that we' we're, we're, we're in trouble because of naked people, not because of our vast injustice towards other people and minorities and
1: immigrants and yeah, so forth. Yeah. So all right, now we've done porno. All right. Yeah. thank you very much, boys. So <laughs> remind people, tell people where we can find you and, and find out more about you or watch some of your sermons Pastor Ben. i've I've been I've watched some of Pastor Ben's Sunday sermons, and I'm very happy with them. Like I was afraid all of a sudden I'd get, you'd say something and be like, eh, no, he's, he's you're getting just what you're getting right here. He's, he's gentle and kind. And that's what he promotes. And I, I appreciate it. I love the little small church. I just love how everybody gets up and contributes a little bit. And I just, nice little community. Not like, not like my it Catholic is, church yeah. upbringing yeah. at all, where it's all just screaming and pipe <laughs> organs and <laughs> bombastic nonsense. Well, yeah. And they're a ferociously
4: progressive church. So I get away with a lot that I think other ministers probably a don't get away with.
1: And oh, so what's going on with you? Where can people buy some of your fabulous beer products, Doug?
3: OsoScruffy.com uh, is the easiest way to get there. O S O S C R U F F Y. Okay. So if you want your beard to look fabulous, go
1: look up Ozu. If you want your soul to feel fabulous, look up Pastor Ben. All right, boys, thank you very much. <laughs> it's been fun talking about you. Have a fabulous night. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, stay fabulous, which, of course, you're going to because it's your whole basis of your whole church. I got nothing. I'm going to stop talking. And we're done. Peace be with you, Pastor. And also with you. Wow, what a trip that was. First of all, I want to say thank you again to both of my guests, Pastor Ben and Oso's Graffy, for going on this journey with me, for trusting me enough to know that I wasn't going to drag you to places that you didn't want to go that might put you in a funny position and providing some really great discussion. We went places in Yahoo for us, so thank you. I I am deeply grateful. And if you want to check out Pastor Ben's church sermons, his there's a link in his guest bio page on the Scream Crews website, and also there's one there for Oso Scruffy on his page too. You need to buy some of his beard products. Christmas is coming up, but what a perfect gift for your loved ones or yourself. I just ordered a starter box for myself with some Oso Scruffy beard balm, a shampoo bar, and a Scruffy scrub exfoliator because I get achy stuff under my beard, and I didn't know why, but now I do. The amount of scents you get to choose from on Oso Scruffy is amazing, but I'm pretty sure whichever one you choose, you're going to smell good. And you can find him at www.ososcruffy.com. O S O Scruffy.com. There are two other people that I need to thank. One has been waiting a long time for this. Thank you. There are people who left reviews on the ScreamQueens.com website of the show. And the first one is from Scott M. Five stars, best podcast ever. This has long been a favorite podcast and is the reason I started listening to podcasts. Great podcaster that is very knowledgeable about horror. His Friday the 13th specials are informative and cover the movies back when they were in the theaters. I found a plethora of good horror movies that I would have missed out on otherwise. I still listen back to episodes even after more than 10 years. Don't miss out. Thank you, Scott, so much. And hey, you know what, Scott? Since you brought up the Friday the 13th spectacular... You know how I ran out of movies a long time ago and we've had to like just you know make do? Like I had to find I had to find a way to backdoor through the Friday the 13th spectacular. I decided that you know what? This is season 13 of Scream Queens. I think now would be a good time to reboot the classic. Friday the Thirteenth Spectacular! It's been thirteen years since I talked about the original films. I always talked about them by myself. Why don't I bring on some expert guests to revive the traditional Friday the Thirteenth Spectacular? On Friday, January thirteenth, the Friday the Thirteenth Spectacular is gonna be back, and I'm gonna have three guests, which I never do, and they are experts in the horror field. It's gonna be Alan Ro Kelly, Bart Mestrenardi, and director podcaster, amazing dude, Michael Ferrati. So it's gonna to be something special yay but wait there's one more review from someone who i'll call twh who left this on apple podcast and he gave me five stars best horror podcast ever exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point you know twh anytime you put that many exclamation marks in the title of anything it's automatically a musical so excellent anyway T.W.H. says, "Longtime listener. I've been listening to you for many years now, started in 2015, and I love you. I don't listen to podcasts. This is the only one I listen to because I feel so at home here. Patrick, you have become a household name for me. I just finished the episode of Grim Love, and I just wanted to say, clank, clank, hiss, steam heat. I love you, and I love the show, and I can't wait to hear more from you, big, juicy heart. Thank you, T.W.H. Made my day. Made my day. I'm glad you liked the Grim Love episode because, man, you know that almost killed me. So I'm glad people are enjoying it. So if you want to be like TWH and Scott M and leave a review, you can do that on ScreamQueens.com or whatever podcasting app you listen to. If they have an option to write a review, write one. I know I've been on forever, but it still makes me happy. So do it. Before we wrap up on porno, I have my final thoughts. One of the things that's been... Hanging around my head after watching the movie is the concept of shame and how people use it as a control device. For instance, I was raised Catholic, you know, and I don't know how it is in the other churches, but in the Catholic Church, as soon as you're born, bam, you already have original sin. You haven't done anything yet, but you have to go through this whole process to cleanse of the sin that you didn't commit because you just got here. So we're born into this weird shame in the Catholic Church. And I also noticed, like, in the movie, You have characters that have a past, that have screwed up in the past, like Todd. Todd got caught perving or or didn't. People think Todd was perving, and he's been punished for it. But nobody gives him an opportunity to redeem himself. He's always going to be the perv. He's always going to be lesser than. And you have heavy metal Jeff. Heavy metal Jeff is, you know, he's the straight edge and he has to talk about it all the time and rub it in everybody's face. Show is over, folks. Come on, man, it was just getting good. I'm not breaking my edge for your European titty movie. And he talks about how he once was lost, I was lost, I was addicted to tobacco. But for some reason, he he's allowed to not be ashamed, but, but since he conquered his demon, he has to make sure that you never conquer yours. And I find that really sad. And I see that not just in religion. I see it in relationships. I mean, I know somebody who got in a relationship with a guy and this person was constantly accusing him of cheating, was always looking for evidence of cheating, looking everywhere. Like it was a daily thing, checking every text. Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? this? Where are you going? What's going on? Did you go up by yourself? Where'd you go? What took so long? That was an awful long time to go shopping. It did That kind of a thing. And I know from my psychology background that when you keep accusing somebody of cheating, they're really likely to start cheating because they're already being punished for it. And they're also looking for a way out. And that happened. This friend eventually cheated. And his partner fed out. And years went by and he would not forgive him for it. He's like, I don't let him leave the house. I don't let him talk to anybody. I completely, and I said, are you forgiving him? He said, I can never forgive him. I said, then why are you staying in the relationship to both of you? If he's not going to forgive you and you're never going to be able to move on from this thing you did years ago, what's the point? Oh, control. Right. So I just want to say i anything. What I took away from porno right now is that if you have somebody that won't let you ever get past something you've done before, look at that relationship. What are you getting out of it? Will you ever redeem yourself? Do you want to redeem yourself? Because, baby, whatever you did in the past, it wasn't that bad. It probably wasn't that bad. You don't need to be suffering for that long. And shame is it's just a device to keep you always down. And you deserve to be up, baby. I don't know what I'm saying. All right, let's wrap this puppy up. If this was your first time here, I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you had a good time, share the episode with a friend. And if you didn't enjoy the episode, share it with an enemy. And you need to be following me on social media. Why? Because if you're not, you miss the opportunity to vote on what we're going to be talking about next episode. I put it out on social media. I picked six holiday movies and I let everybody pick what I'm going to talk about. It came down to a runoff between Krampus and Black Christmas from 2006. And then I had to turn things over to my patrons. Patrons always get the final vote on these things. And it was a landslide for Black Christmas 2006. And for those of you who voted for that, you should be ashamed of yourself, but I also forgive you. See how that works? See how that works. Have that moment of shame and then let it go. So how do I follow you on social media? Well, it's really easy. First of all, there's the website, www.screamqueens.com. And of course that's Queens with a Z. All my links are there, but if you need me to spell them out for you, I'm on Facebook at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens podcast and fuck Twitter. I'm not using it anymore. (laughs) Even before it collapsed that bullshit last week, I'm like, why do I stay here? When I'm getting attacked by total strangers for something they know nothing about. Why am I staying here? I'm not staying here anymore. So why are we talking about it? I don't know. And if you want to be a Super Screamer patron and be able to get final votes on things and get access to shows like Demi-Wonka-Lewis, the Friday the 13th, the TV series, Gets Queer Podcast, and also it came from the 70s where we talk about made for TV monstrosity from the decade when Sackard was considered a vegetable. You can go to www.patreon.com Scream Queens and subscribe. All of those links are down there in the show notes. So use them. That's what they're there for. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. And you do that by following the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay fabulous. And hey, if you're celebrating, happy Thanksgiving. Bye.